welcome to Inklings. I am Emily Bell Freeman, and I'm so excited to welcome you to a space where you and I get to experience a hint of something more together. This is a community where we lean into discussions that will help us obtain a bedrock understanding of the doctrines of Christ. Not overnight, but every day better. Strength gathered over time. There is a place for you here. Looking forward to spending the semester with you as we embark on a journey focused on becoming His. Good morning. It's me, Susan. <clears throat> Emily is in Israel, Rio. So it's me. Hi, guys. Welcome to, oh wait, happy Thursday. <laughs> Welcome to Inklings. I'm so excited you guys are all here. Good morning. Happy Thursday. <laughs> is this a prank? You know what? It is. I actually stole Emily's Instagram account. And so it's just when she got called to be the young women's president, the first thing I said to her was, don't think this means I'm not stealing um, stuff from you still. Hello, hello, hello. Waiting on Tana. Oh, wait. You guys, I have not done an Instagram live for a long time. Let's see. Live right nutrition. So while we're waiting for Tana, I will tell you guys, I am Tana. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. I was just going to tell them how, um, what I do and how I came to be here this morning. Tell them. So it's I am, fun. yeah, so I'm the founder and CEO, or no, chairwoman, no longer CEO <laughs> of Freshly Picked. And, um, and I have been helping Emily with Inklings kind of behind, mostly behind the scenes and from an operational point of view for like the past two and a half years. And now um, she asked me in January to help her with a good news brand. And I'm way behind the scenes there. I really like to be behind the scenes. It's so fun for me. Yeah, but you're also so good up front, Susan. I know, but I like, uh, thank you. I mean, thank you. <laughs> but I like to be behind the scenes. And we are currently in New York City. My family and I, we came out for a month and we are doing all the touristy things. It's super fun. She gets to be a local New Yorker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, locals don't usually go to Times Square at 10 on a Tuesday, but <laughs> we did it nonetheless last night. So true. And I had to cover my 14 year old boy's eyes a couple times. <laughs> Everyone keeps walking. He's like, what is it? <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Tana, how are you doing? So good, Susan. I'm so excited. I, I hope Rio feels better soon, but I thought, oh, this will be so fun to do with Susan. You guys, Susan is just amazing. I know you all know that. And I was like, yeah, if any of you don't know, she is the one that's stealing all the baby Jesuses. If you follow Emily, oh, yes. you probably know that. But yeah, she's the one that is running behind all the scenes. I feel like Susan got me through this life crisis where my daughter went behind my back and did this. Susan's like, okay, this is what you're gonna do. This is how you're gonna love her. This is how I, Susan is like a dream to sit here with you. So anyways, I'm doing so good. And I'm so happy to be here this morning. Um, 
We, Emily is in Israel leading her last tour for five years. <laughs> so someone asked that, I saw. Um, she is sad. She wishes she could still be um, here with you guys. Uh, and she also wishes she could still be um, doing tours in Israel, but they will not let her. Should I, can I even say that? I don't know if I can say that. Yeah. They won't well, let her. I think she has to pick, you know, where she's going to focus, so. Yeah, she is going to try to walk the Jesus trail. She'll do it, even if she has to, um, someone <laughs> has to carry her. She's widening the trail. That's why she broke her foot, I think. <laughs> we'll get a, and, a polar chair on there. Okay, so the talk we're doing is, tell me, tell us again, Tana, okay, you have so it up. Doing President Eyring's talk, Finding Personal Peace. And it's on Saturday morning, the last talk of Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah, and it was so, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a, he's so tender in all that he says and does. Yes. Okay, I loved, loved, loved this talk. So I haven't watched Inklings for a while, so are we supposed to do something first? I know there's um, like- Introduction, uh, you were kind of introducing everybody who you were, which was great. Um, <laughs> and then what else do you want to say? What else do we want to know about Susan? I could, we could talk about Susan a lot because she's quite incredible. Oh, let's but... introduce Tana. Tana, oh, okay, yes. Tana, Tana Fox, I welcome. am Tana Fox, yes. Okay, what I, do you do, Tana? I um, am a mother of four daughters, and I absolutely love studying the scriptures and, of course, all those wonderful things. I have a passion for uh, knowledge and the scriptures and the second coming. I actually, my, my Instagram on here is Live Right Nutrition because I'm a sports nutritionist, so I work with a lot of clients doing gut health and rhythms and circadian patterns of eating and really getting in tune with your body. So that's what I also love to do. Um, and yes, I saw someone had their lemon water this morning. I've been on Inklings for, I think this is my third semester. So I've been on before, but it's fun. It's been a while because I was at the beginning of last semester. So it's fun to be back on. Um, but yeah, I am a big proponent of, lim of lemon water. And we kind of, I always joke, I'm like, and if you don't have lemon water, then you can just get a little bit of that lemon frosting. That's what Emily does. And I was <laughs> like, oh, no, but if you're Emily, you probably can. <laughs> but anyway. Okay, I saw two things. Number one, um, you guys were saying a scripture. We're going to go over. Which one is it? John. John. 14, okay. uh, 15 through 27. Okay. And, that's um, and then the other thing is people were saying that, um, do I still have Emily's sheet? Yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> Um, and I, I couldn't, well, I mean, here's the thing. I was going to bring it back and then Greg told me not to bring it back for a certain reason. And then I was going to bring it back. And then Greg said, again, don't bring it back. Mostly because Emily broke her foot and he doesn't want her driving it around with broken foot. Cause, um, she doesn't like people to be the boss of her. Yeah. So if the Jeep's there, she'll be like, Greg can't be the boss of me. So I still have it. She will get it back when she gets back from Israel, I've decided. <laughs> it's probably best that she doesn't get it until her actual cast is off, because she will. If she'll, if there's anyone that will try to drive a manual car, a stick shift, mm -hmm. it'll mm -hmm. be Emily. It'll be Emily. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be EBF. Yes, her. Okay, so what do you want to say about John? Oh, John. Well, oh. I love part. I know, because I think... Susan, as I dove into this, and this is what the scripture actually is in the talk. A lot of the times they aren't, but yeah. this scripture is actually in the talk. Um, yeah, it was like the first thing you talked about, right? Yes. No, and the second one. No, yeah. 
that yeah. wool is right up there after he talks about how he says that, you know, miracle of, or, sorry, finding peace is actually a miracle. So that's one of the first things that really stood yeah. out to me. And yes, you, actually, uh, let's talk through that real quick. Yeah, okay. Okay, so I, I defined both of those in my notes. Mm -hmm. Because I loved miracle and finding together. And they brought a lot of like things to mind. Um, so for miracle is a gift from God, number one, and I want you to add to it when you think of things. Yeah, you don't earn it, but you can expect miracles. We've learned that from the prophets. Yes. And I love both of those things. And I've I had times in my life where I've asked for a miracle and I've gotten them um, as simple as like, a lot of times mine is with money. And I think I don't know why. Uh, I think we all get different uh, answers from heaven through certain things. But I can remember the first time one of my prayers was answered when I was like really young and I had lost my tithing money. Oh. And so I prayed for a miracle to find it and I found it. And that was amazing. And then a couple of years ago, I had a massive scale miracle that I needed that I honestly could not see a way out of. And the miracle came and I had attorneys and accountants helping me with this with this problem and from top to bottom these are these are men and women with like 25 years experience each they're like i've never seen this happen this is so unusual but it was a miracle where i was able to um get a gift from god and so i love the world word miracle and then finding is such an interesting word too but wait what do you think about miracle well no i i just didn't really associate that finding peace was a miracle mm -hmm. But if you think mm. about in this world today where there is so much chaos, of course it's a miracle because peace is something that I think we all are on this quest for it. I think he says in there that all of us are seeking this and he will give it to us. But I never associated that that peace was actually going to be a miracle. That's to me makes peace even more magnificent. So when he talks mm. about peacemakers and peace givers, I just yeah. hadn't put those two words together before. Ooh, I love that. I also love the word finding. Yes. I do. Um, like, I think of it as like a map, mm -hmm. right? Like, or something. Again, you don't earn, but you make an effort towards. Yes. And I think I love, for me, that's been like a, a shift for me in the last year is understanding from God. A lot of my prayers have started with, you didn't earn this. Yes but this is a gift or you can't earn this, or this is not something you earn. And we'll talk about, cause I, we, there was another part where we were going to talk about my mental breakdown. Cause I had yeah. a mental breakdown a few years well, ago. That goes along with you talking about, we think we can do so many things to get this piece, to earn this miracle, to receive this, because look what I've done. So now don't I get this, that yes. transactional type of a situation. Yes. And it's or hard when you're struggling. I can remember I had um, one of my family members living with me and she was really struggling mm -hmm. mentally. And I came home from work and she was like frantically writing in her journal. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I just talked to her, I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, I had a hard day. And I feel like it's probably because I haven't been reading my scriptures and I, I went to the temple and now I'm journaling. And I'm like, you're not gonna write your way out of this. <laughs> right. You need to rest. Yeah. You need to chill. You need to rest and just, be still and i feel like those are such important words of and and he says them to us as commandments like peace be still rest well, you know as you're saying that today actually is the start of our new 
um, kind of mantra for the month to actually feel his love and feel mm. his peace. And sometimes if we're in, in the go, trying to look for peace, look for this, do this, move this, arrange this, get this done, we don't actually take that time to rest and to feel mm -hmm. peace. And that's one of the things that I was thinking really interesting too, if we're going back to the scripture, like if we're gonna go back to John and dive right in, I love when he says that I'm gonna give you peace, but not as the world giveth. So I paused right there yeah. and I decided, okay, well, how does the world give us peace? And how is that different from the way that Christ will give us peace? So I started to kind of think about, well, okay, if you're watching TV or if you're looking at a magazine or you're at a fancy spa or something, where would you think you would go for peace? And what does that look like in the worldly way? And of course, some of those synonyms will overlap like calm and quiet. But what I've come to realize is that when he says he'll give it to you, not as the world giveth, I think, oh, and I was going to tell you guys, your comments, I've been on since whenever we posted that and have been reading some of your comments and you have the most beautiful insights. And I have loved adding to this, this quest of peace and finding personal peace from the things that you've been saying. I think it was Leanne, you said peace is not a comfort zone, but sometimes the world will tell you that this quest for peace, this, this work towards peace, this miracle is going to be, okay, I'm arrived, I'm in a comfort zone. But that's not peace the way Christ gives it. That's baby peace the way the world gives it. The peace will look like no wars, no chaos, quiet. But really Christ will give us peace in the trial, in the struggle, in the grind, in the loudness. Like that's where I think we really have to dig to understand a little bit more of where do we get this piece from if it doesn't come in the way we think it's going to look like um, i'm just thinking of in third nephi when there's a chaos and the yep. darkness and the earthquakes or and yes and um the still small voice comes and people have to turn their heart to understand yes and their ears well, to and fill didn't susan they didn't recognize it right away no right? three times yeah sometimes had to wait and be like, wait, what was that again? Was that what was that what I thought it was? Yeah. 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 And I feel some some of the times when I felt most blessed and I felt the most miracles is when things were really going wrong in my life. Rio spoke at women's conference a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you guys were there, but she said, um, a God who loves us so much that he gives us trials that lead back lead us back to him trials and weaknesses that lead us back to him. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so true. Sometimes we look at our trials or our weaknesses as a reason why God doesn't love us, but he's actually trying to work things out of us and lead us back to him so we can find peace. Yes, that is the, so true. I, I, you mentioned this earlier when we were kind of talking about this, but when you talked about this, finding this miracle and working towards this, I love that um, he lays this out for us and he says, okay, everyone's seeking peace. Everyone will get the peace, but let me show you how the Savior taught to get peace. And he goes through these five steps. And when you, we chatted earlier, Susan, you said the word, it comes in measures, this mm -hmm. peace that we're seeking. Mm -hmm. So if we can learn to see that it's kind of this line upon line, the same way we gain knowledge, it's the same way we gain peace. It's not going to come. And if it does come before us, it might take us a minute to recognize, is that peace? Can I still feel that in this crazy dark time of my life? Um, and he breaks that out really, really well. He does, of course he does, because he's Elder Eyring. But um, I think one of the things that stood out to me in the beginning is when he said, the f I'm in paragraph 19, 
um, of the talk, if you guys have the book with the paragraphs in it, he said, first, the gift of peace is given after we have the faith to keep his commandments. Sometimes I think that we almost expect it a little bit, maybe more right off the bat, because God yeah. loves us of him. And sometimes we forget that there might be that trial. So like you said, is there these trials come to bring us closer to him? Let's not actually forget that, that life is not going to be this comfort zone and this wonderful dandy, you know, path that we walk on, but there's going to be something is going to test our faith. That's what he says right there. It won't come yeah. until after we have the faith to keep the commandments. Yes. I also love how he, um, he talks about for those who are covenant members of the Lord church, obedience is what we have already promised to do. Oh, yes. Yes, I love that. And you know what? Someone just wrote, wrote, wrote in the comments, I didn't quite get to see your name, but she said every one of these steps is tied to some kind of covenant that we've made with yes. the Lord. Yes, I wrote, I wrote all those down, actually. Yes, yes I did too. That really so the first one is baptism. Uh -huh. And then I want to say the second one is the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah he says the sacramental prayer, which is yeah. close to our baptism right. covenant. And also, um, the Holy Ghost will come and abide with us. Oh, I love um, And the Holy Ghost will dwell in us. And so, first is also the light of Christ. I, I think, too, it's also, if you think about it, it's your path here on earth, I think is also. And that's the thing with peace is every gift from God and everything that we've been given, I feel like as we grow and as we mature and as we age, it takes you a lifetime to fully experience that gift, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then third, as you keep the covenants and, and continue on that path, you can feel closeness to heavenly father and Jesus Christ. And I put that down as your temple covenant your, for yourself. Totally. Cause it and is. Then, a... What, what did you say? Go ahead. Oh, I just said, I love, love that he, it is this closeness. We can feel their closeness, but notice he doesn't say we feel the closeness until after we've made those covenants. They are yes. kind of sequential pattern that comes in a measure and in an order. I just love that. Right. Um, and then fourth, keeping the Lord's commandments requires more than obedience. We are to love God with all our heart, might, mind, and soul. And for that, I'm, I'm a crazy temple worker. <laughs> I yes! have the spirit of Elijah <laughs> in like a frantic way. And so I always think that loving God with your heart, mind, and soul. For me, that's gathering Israel yeah. always. And so I, I put that down as temple work and um, bringing others to Christ. Yes. And you know what I love about this also, when he says it's more than obedience, if you think about the actual covenants that we make in the temple, I know they printed them now in the handbook, but to love God with your heart, your might, your mind, your soul, that is actually really hard to do. It's going to require some sacrificing, some giving something up to get this in return. But if you think about the order of the temple covenants, mm. how it is obedience right there. Sometimes obedience can just be done. I've shared this before on here, but it just popped into my head again, that obedience is really easy until it's not. And the second covenant that we get to make in the temple actually is that sacrifice. So they do come again. Yes, let's obey. Let's do it with all our heart, mind, and might. Let's do it through and with that sacrifice kind of hand in hand, which allows for us to have this. He says in the, the, the fifth one, 
which allows us to have this peace that is actually beyond our comprehension. It says it passeth all understanding. So I love that this, these temple covenants, it happens in the temple, but in the temple, they're reinforced again, as we go through and make these covenants and we're reminded of that obedience, sacrifice, right? The law of the gospel, right. all the things. And then for five, I put endure to the end and stay faithful. Yes. And I think sometimes I always, I, I love to bring this up, but like my friend was at his son's, college graduation the other day and he sent me a picture of it and I said I think college graduations are the real endure to the end <laughs> and then sometimes you're fighting with one of your family members or sometimes things are going and I'm like okay family relationships are the real endure to the end yes and I think endure to the end is not just like a way to be on the covenant path but it's in the ways that we interact with other people oh that is the, so true because really people are real are closely more close closely associated with having peace than we realize sometimes we unwillingly let people take peace from us and it's not intentional and then there's other people that can bring peace i know one of the things he talks about is being yeah. a peace bringer a peace gift of peace and so enduring to the end can involve getting through these hard times with these people right or or really showing up and i think the way you treat others strangers the way you endure to the end all of that is a reflection about how close and well you really do know and love the savior the way you treat others is a direct reflection of your relationship with the savior yeah and pushing through and enduring through some of those harder people or those harder times shows that you have the trust in the savior shows that you have this ability to see things hopefully try to see things the way that he does. And that comes with a lot of forgiveness and repentance. And that fifth one too, like you said, it, 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 it involves endure to the end, but it also talks about how the Lord loved us. He says, the Lord loved us enough to pay the price of our sins so that we can through our faith in him and our repentance, mm -hmm. through the effects of the atonement, have the gift of peace that passeth all understanding. So I think repentance is a really key part in that enduring to the end, because sometimes it's not like you said, just put your head down and endure. But and I Emily's taught this so well, but that repentance is really just a change. You know how she talks about the sign language part mm -hmm. where it's the fees and it's not changing necessarily focusing on these mistakes, but changing our perspective. So if something's really hard, repent, change your perspective to see an easier way to do it. It's almost like he just magnifies our understanding with that word of repentance. It Repenting allows us to endure better. I don't know if that makes sense the way that I- Oh, I love that so much. I love it. I also feel like uh, repenting, um, it just, if you just start your day with repentance and thinking about not like being down on yourself, but t making, making God a part of it and being like, okay, you know, I'm always thinking of it as like feedback. Yeah. Here's where I think I did went wrong. Yeah. Here's what I've been doing mm -hmm. to get there. Mm -hmm. Where do, where, where in there am I missing it? Yeah. Or do I just, you're not going to tell me and I just try again and then I'll eventually get it. I love operations. It's like my heart and soul <laughs> in this operation. Like, I don't know if you saw my, on my Instagram story, Tana, I put that guy where it's like, an accountant goes to Disneyland and I'm all, I can't enjoy big concerts. Oh. I can't enjoy Disneyland because I'm like, yeah. okay, wait. So there's 20 people in that line. They're all paying $6 for a churro. And I just like in my head the whole time. Oh, no, yeah. it doesn't. And I think for me, it's the same way with heavenly father and God and like, okay, here's what I'm working on. And I know you have a more efficient way that'll save me time 
or resources. Yes. And if that's, if, if, if I have to learn that on my own, I'm fine right. with that. But right. if you have a way that you can teach me that, it's amazing. And I'm going to tell you when I'm repenting, a lot of times the learning comes through other people. Yes. And I think Always. that that, and a lot, it's like my family, endure to the end again. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> but it is like, um, when you are truly repenting, the Lord makes it kind of a communal, like you get your, you get your executive team and you get your people that are helping you and your board of directors, all those people. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he takes whatever effort you have. And I feel like sometimes just the act of recognizing you don't see it the way he does. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, okay, no big deal. Let me expand your vision 10 times right. just in that act of repentance. Because again, it's not a focus on the mistake. It's a focus on the expansion of your yeah. vision. Right. Yeah. And like you said, when your brain's constantly going, it's like, oh, well, I would want to see all of the vision. And, and I think trying to understand that and shift from from repentance in that way to the new, the better way to feel like it's a way to actually get more peace. It can be hard. I read a bunch of the comments from the women and one of women, Kimberly, she said, feeling it is harder than understanding it. So even if we do mm. understand that's how it works, it really can be harder to, to really feel that. And so today, I mean, like today, I just kept thinking, how do we feel that? Like what, what is it that allows us to actually feel that we can do the motions we can make all the steps and work and calculate this and do that. But where is it in that we actually feel the peace? And, and one of the thoughts that I had and add to this or cut me off or any, let me know what you think. But I, I had put in the comments also that sometimes I think in trying to find peace, if we still try to seek to share it with other people, maybe it grows more in us and that peace again back to peace and people and how they're connected together that you maybe still can be a peace giver and bring peace to others even if you don't feel it all the way in your heart and in your soul and i i mentioned that and this cute woman leanne or um who was it someone else talk, oh born some born something born 26 um 93 said that that actually is true for her because she said that she's, there's a woman that comes and sits by her in Relief Society and the woman told her, she said, I'm drawn to you, um, you look in peace. And she said, that's so funny because I actually suffer from anxiety and always feel a little bit of this inner turmoil. But isn't that lovely to see and how, how much more it can be magnified that even if we don't always 100% feel at peace or understand or see the full vision, that we still actually can give it that we still actually share it and pass it on. So it's not this something that we attain to give or attain to get so we can give. It's something that will come along the way as we're seeking for this miracle and seeking for more peace. We actually still can give it. We still can share it because of our love of Christ. And he says in there, he says in the, in the scriptures that he says, I will, um, you shall know that I am in my father and ye in me and I in you. So really he is in us and we can have the peace and share it with others. Even if we don't all the way feel like we're getting a hundred percent of peace. I don't know. Does that. Yeah. Make I, when you were telling me that earlier, I was thinking of the scripture about um, you shall receive more than you, you have that you will get, you will, is it get more than you have room to receive? Yeah. And I think that, that's with peace as well. I think of the times when I come out of the temple and I just feel so light and so happy and I can't help but share that joy 
with other people as I'm going about my day. Or I think of the times when I've, um, when I've taken the sacrament or I've felt his love in some reason, or I felt forgiven or I felt a miracle. And for the rest of the day, I just am giving yeah. all the extra that I have to give because I feel it so much. And so I love, love, love that. I also loved um, you, when we talk about it's hard to understand, sometimes easier to feel. Yeah. Um, I loved your concept of time that we were talking oh. about. Oh, I know. Did that make sense? So I, I yes, I loved it because I think that that I I, I thought it was good. You don't okay. have to share if you don't want, but I thought it was good. No, I'd love to share. I wish I had the source, but there's a part in Elder Iring's talk where he talks about. In, I'm in paragraph 25, and he says, "Some of you perhaps may may perhaps many are not feeling the peace the Lord promised. You may have prayed for personal peace and spiritual comfort." He says. Yet you may not feel, you may feel the heavens are silent to your pleading for peace. And I'm sure there's so many of us that sometimes feel like the heaven is silent to our, this pleading for peace. And I, it immediately came to my mind, this concept that we are actually time blind on earth. And I read this, I think it was an apostle. I wish I knew which one I was in a desert book, thumbing through a bunch of books. And there was this concept of us being mortal and being on earth and that we are blind to time right because god doesn't have time the same way someone can be blind on earth physically blind they can't see what's right in front of them well we don't understand and see time and so this concept goes on to talk about how if i'm sitting next to you susan and you are blind and you cannot see but i want to describe to you what the beautiful night sky in all of its magnitude with the galaxy and the depth i want to describe to you what that's like so as i sit next to you and I'm like, okay, Susan, first picture just blackness, right? I'm trying to describe to you what this might look like for your eyes. Then picture some little white dots. Now picture some of those white dots closer. Now picture some of those white dots farther away. Some are brighter. It would take many, many, many words and a lot of effort to try to describe to you what this night sky actually looks like because you're blind and you couldn't see it. Yet, if you could see, and you all of a sudden got vision and you opened your eyes, within a second, you would not only grasp all the words that I just tried to explain, but so much more of the depth and the capacity and the grandness of that night sky. Like if you really think about like anyone that's looked up into a night sky, like especially if you're in the countryside or where there's not a lot of city lights, there is a depth to it that just pierces your soul that feels makes you feel the magnitude of God. And so that can't come in any amount of words that I say, because I would have to try to describe that for you. But that is actually, to me, it was compared to how that is how we are with time. We are time blind. We cannot see all of the magnitude that we are and that God has in store for us at once. We want to, and we seek and we work and we try to write and explain, but sometimes we're only getting a portion of this picture at a time. So even if it feels like the heavens are silent, they're really not. They're really orchestrating this grand magnitude and magnificent picture of really what our life and the purpose of us and our connection to God really actually is. And so it just makes sense. It brings that concept in and of itself brings me peace because I know that someone else is in charge of this big picture, of this, of this magnitude, of this vision that we really all have as individuals. And so I was like, gosh, Susan, does that make sense? Does that help? Yeah. Like, it helps me understand why maybe if I feel like the heavens are silent, they're not. And just this last weekend, we were in Liberty Jail with my family. We took them 
we took the kids down for like a part two. Some of you know Shima. We did a part one church history tour last summer. And this summer she's like, Tan, let's go do part two. So we hit Nauvoo and Carthage Jail and Liberty Jail. And when we were in Liberty Jail, it was those sections of Doctrine and Covenants. Um, I think it's 121, but he talks about how your afflictions will be just a small moment. Mm. Even though they feel like they're forever. And here's Joseph Smith in the worst situation. But the Lord saying, oh, they're just a moment. It's because actually I have this beautiful earth to give you. I have this beautiful vision of you and who you are. But you just can't see it all just yet. It's just going to be a moment. So to take yeah. a lot of comfort that the heavens are not silent to our pleading. They are not that I can attest to and I can yeah. promise to you. It might feel like it. But that's where that changing your perspective comes in. It's changing the way you see things so that you realize that he's there all along. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, so I think, can I, should I, I'll talk about um, my mental. Yes. So, so, oh, willing to share. That's a really no, I love, I love sharing it because I feel like there are so many women so that are good. struggling yes. and um, I love, I feel like I'm in a place where I can share. I don't share my stuff unless I'm well past, <laughs> <laughs> but um, a so it actually started like um, six years ago. I had some big traumatic things happen in my life and in my business and personally and professionally, just really hard tra traumatic and things. And people don't know, you are the one that went on Shark Tank. I know you initiated this, but did the whole right. fresh thing and, was, and you were like this iconic, one of the first people to get on Shark Tank, have them buy your business and explode into this beautiful e-commerce business that is thriving. So Susan has mm -hmm. so much experience and so much wisdom, but this story means more when you kind of know a little bit of that too. Thank you. Thank you, Tana. And, um, you know, we just, we were struggling with a lot of, it, it was, it was a really hard, dark time. And um, it took me about three years, but professionally and personally, I got through it. And, um, it was constant fight or flight. Every day I was waking up, I was solving new problems. Every day I was going to bed feeling like, okay, I got everything done. Then the next morning it was more. And so um, I, I really wrecked my body. And in um, August of 2021, I had a full mental breakdown, which I didn't, I'd never, I, I'd never experienced, no one in my family had ever experienced. But essentially what had happened was, um, I finally felt safe in all of the aspects of my life. And so my doctor thinks that what happened was my body was like, okay, now that you're safe, now that your family's safe and your business is safe, you've not been treating your body well. And so it's time now for us to pay attention here. And um, it started out as just constant anxiety. Um, I'd have two or three panic attacks a day. And then that escalated to a constant state of anxiety to the point where I didn't know what was real or not real. Yep. And I started to lose touch with Chronic. reality. And when you are in a crisis level like that, um, you're get, I needed to get on medication, but actually getting on medication is scarier when you're at that crisis level. And so I needed round the care watch. And um, I, while this was happening, my my routine has always been get up read my scriptures write in my journal go to the temple once a week um go to church uh say my prayers do all like i have a routine that keeps me on track spiritually and as, as my mental health started to decline i thought that if i could ramp up my routine that i could kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah that i could that i could offset the effects of my mental illness and what it did was it actually made it worse. And instead of just worrying about things 
on an earthly level, I was like worrying about things that I just had no business, not no business, but it was just making everything worse. And I, the, the, the answer to my prayers at the time was that I just need to be still, just stop. And so I stopped going to the temple. I stopped reading my scriptures and I also only went to sacrament. And I spent a lot of time knitting and I spent a lot of time reading Agatha Christie books and I spent a lot of time in downtown, Downton Abbey. Yeah. But I just needed to be still because what I was dealing with was a chemical imbalance in my body and I needed to let God heal me. And I couldn't earn that healing. And there was nothing I could do that could earn my mental health back. What I needed to do was just wait. And it was hard for me as a doer, as someone who optimizes everything I do, as I have lists when I wake up. What helps me go to sleep at night is if I go through my list that I'm going to do the next day. <laughs> like, this is my life. And so this was so counterintuitive to everything that I believed about myself, everything that I believed about how the world worked. Mm -hmm. And, but it took me like six months and I was able to come out of this with this really good understanding. And since then, I've been able to help other women who are struggling. Like we had a family member living with us just recently for eight months. And I came home and I was able to see what she was doing and like put the paper away. <laughs> put it away. Put it away. Chill. Have, have peace. But it is, it is something that I just really want to iterate that again is that you can't earn it. It is a gift. It is a miracle but you can make efforts towards it. And sometimes your effort can be little and God's gonna make up the difference. And sometimes your effort is great and God will make up the difference. And either way, when you make your effort, you are gonna have profit from him at the end of it that you can give to other people. So true. And that's such a beautiful story. Thanks for sharing with us. There's a lot of women that relate as you're talking. They're like, oh my gosh, this happened to me. Oh, I had this, I had this. And so sharing that, makes it feel like it's okay because I think yeah. there's a lot of people that have had that and and when you said that too you brought this up when we talked earlier but it's the story of the widow's mites yeah. right um Emily yeah. posted about that and put the pictures of those cute mites on there too that when we come and bring all we have and it like, like I think you said the words it might be dirty it might not be very pretty and 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 that also kind of ties back to peace the way the world giveth. Yeah. We think that this peace has to be still calm, escape, right? Just this perfectly laid out soothing experience, but it's really not. It's just anything you can get, anything you have. And I think well, and the way, the way that that is, it's hollow at the end of it. Yeah. Like I can go get a massage and stay in like you can do all this stuff and that, <laughs> there, there's a time and a place for that, you know, and get sure. away from the family and, and, and do all the things. But then at the end of it, you're not, you don't feel filled. No, up, you know, it's fleet. It's fleeting. What yeah. you really need never really satisfies you. What you really need are the things of God and the things of Christ and his magnitude that to add to it. And that satisfies a soul in a way that the world never could. So when John says, I'll give it to you, but not as the world give it to you. I think that's what he's talking about. Yeah, right. It's fine. His fills you up to where you have extra, extra You're overflowing. And then therefore with the extra piece, you then start to become more and more of a peace giver and more, yeah. and more 
able to bring that peace to other people's lives, which is how God works. That's how he answers our prayers, like you just said. Mm -hmm. I thought of, the, I told you this before too, but I thought of the miracle of feeding 5,000, you know, as this peace mm -hmm. is a miracle and feeding the 5,000. And when Christ actually did that, um, he blessed those fishes and those loaves. But then if we notice in the, in the parable, Christ doesn't actually administer all of that food to every 5,000, to all the 5,000 people that are there. He gives it to his disciples. They run and then go and feed and share and give it. And so it is this back and forth relationship with people and being a disciple. Are we disciples enough that can take the blessings that, or even not even all of that physical, visual, emotional blessings, but just our knowledge in the gospel, can we take that and share it and still pass on this miracle of peace that Christ is offering to everybody? That's what the disciples did. And I don't even know, like, I mean, and we know there was an abundance still after the disciples fed the fishes and the loaves to all of the 5,000, they still came back with like seven baskets. And that is exactly how the Lord will work. He'll give us peace enough to give to others, fill ourselves and still be left over. Yeah. And it, it, then, then, like um, you talked at the beginning, we had a conversation about one of your children, oh, and yeah. <laughs> and you were I, I, you can share or not share, and I, I but share I can yes, go ahead. No, you share it. You share. You go first. What you're going to say, and I'll add. Well, it. I just feel like I had been through some things in my life that I still felt peace over because of the returning and repenting and and like seeking out God and keeping my covenants that I was able to share with you and I think peace also that God gives you is is it, it lasts it lasts so long sometimes we think oh it just comes out that day like manna and that there is there is that but then there's also the ones that you plant and there's a vineyard and you're nurturing it and and it just it gives you wisdom and when you have helped and when you have felt that in your life, there is then going to be an opportunity for you to share that with yeah. other people. And he kind of talked about that at the end. And but that's yeah. exactly what my experience was with you. And I didn't do a very good job <clears throat> explaining the beginning. And I thought, oh, I shouldn't have said that yet. But I'm so glad that you brought it back up because in that moment when I shared that with you, I was frantic. I was like, oh my gosh, she did this. And I don't really know what to do. And I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to do this and put this in place and do this and this and this. And I just started going crazy thinking and measuring yeah. and calculating okay well if i do this yeah, I'm like, this yeah you were optimizing i totally i was optimizing <laughs> and you seriously were like tana tana just calm down this is what will work just be relaxed about it just let it see just trust the situation trust her and literally it just from that moment on it was this weight lifted off of me and and i honestly feel like that is what the Lord will give us. I just kind of turned it over to him. And that's what, what you so gracefully shared with me. Just like it, it, there is going to be, everything's going to be okay. Just yes. trust her, trust the process. And you brought that peace to me, which you brought it in a way that brought the peace so that I could turn my peace to Christ. And that well, what because I, I had lived it. I was a rebellious teenager and <laughs> had been you know, naughty and uh, experimental. And I was able to share with you, like, look yeah. at me. Here I am. Look. I love God. I love Jesus. I'm a covenant keeping woman. And I want to be here. And if you need more, um, more champions in your corner than you do. Critics. Yes. And, and when you brought that piece to me, it helped me become closer to my savior and my daughter mm -hmm. also, which again, back to is 
true peace. Yeah. You could have solved my problems, given me with your logistical brain in mind, we could have figured out this perfect <laughs> how to get her here, this and that, we'd be fine. But that wasn't the peace that the Lord gave mm. it. That might be the peace mm. or a program the world will give it. And that's the difference right there. And that's yeah. really Elder Irings and the okay, and Christ. Wait. I love this paragraph then. And you yes. tell the, it's um like five from the bottom. It starts the rising generation. Yeah. What number? Oh, I circled that one. Yeah. I love that one. Do you have it? What number? Let me read it and I'll read it. Oh, 36. Okay, number 36. Yeah. The rising generation will become the nurturers of the generation to follow. The multiplier effect will produce a miracle. It will spread and grow over time, and the Lord's kingdom on earth will be prepared and ready to greet him with shouts of Hosanna. There will be peace on earth. I love that promise so much. It gives me chills when I think about it. I think about my children right now and how good they are and how hard they're trying. And the, I just, every time a new baby is born, I'm like, oh my goodness, oh, I'm 43. You were with God for 43 more years than I was. You know so much, you're so smart, you're so brave, you're so kind. You decided to come at this time and I'm just um, loving the teens, I'm loving the kids, I'm loving the new babies. And um, Anna McFarland always says oh, yeah. this. She's like, don't talk mess. Oh, I was gonna say crap, I'll say crap. Emily wouldn't say it, but <laughs> about the rising generation and all the problems yeah. they have. It makes them think that something's wrong with them. Nothing's wrong with them. They were saved for this time and we need to lift them up and expect that of them and put them there. Not put them on a pedestal, but like remind them of who they are. Well, and, um, something I noticed about my kids is yeah. they don't question if God loves them. Like yeah. these kids came like that. Yeah. I'm like, you know, God loves you. And they're like, yeah. Mom. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something I don't <laughs> right and so they lived with God for so much longer than we have they have so much knowledge and wisdom that we can learn from them well, I love them I love that you brought that up because in paragraph 28 elder Irene says that and a lot of people commented about that too but he says yet there is reason for optimism it's a it, it is the light of Christ that is placed in every newborn mm -hmm. child mm -hmm. that universal gift comes a sense of what is right a desire to love and be loved. And there is an inborn sense of justice and truth in every child of God that he or she comes into mortality. And I, that, those are powerful. To hear an apostle of the Lord tell you that that's how kids are born, it magnifies, again, all the things that you're talking about and how it's just like, hey, they came to this time on earth for a purpose. And Grace, Grace always says, like, remember when Emily asked her the question, like, what do you wish we knew about yeah. your generation? And Grace is yeah. Just trust us. Trust us. Just trust us. We we know we know. We feel yeah. it's in us. And yes. It will come out more naturally for them than even I think some of the older some of us, some of the older generation. Yes, and and they're they're I I've just been amazed at their way their ability to self correct in a way that I didn't have that gift when I was their age. And just being very curious about life with them has been just powerful. And I think as we were talking and, and as you worked with one of your kids on that, I think you did such a beautiful job with that. Oh gosh. Well, thanks to you and the friends and the peace givers that are in our life. And, and I think that is really a lot more, I said it again, and I'll say that before and I'll say it again, but that so much of the peace we have involves the people in our life mm. and whether times the people that were bring us closer to Christ or sometimes the people that teach us how to be more like Christ and forgiving it all 
is involved with relationships. Relationships and people help us find this peace. And whether we're giving or taking or however it comes to pass, that's who Christ was. Christ did nothing on this earth for himself. He did everything for someone else. And I yes. think once we understand that, and who was the most peaceful person? Christ. Yes. Right? And so, of course, he's, people are involved in this quest for finding peace and feeling peace. Like you said before, you can't just work our way towards it. And I, I, I love that. And I love that he talks about um, in page paragraph 39, he says, your, you, your great faith and love are reaching people and allowing the Lord to change hearts. And, oh, this reminds me in Emily's post, she said that when the elder Irene said the rescue at times, the rescue may seem accidental, which I love that. I love that. How many times in your <laughs> life have you just done something? Yes. My friend Amy um, always says, uh, looking back and seeing the Lord's hand when some, yeah. like you come to kind of a culmination and you're like, wait a minute, look at all this stuff that led to this point, you know, and it feels accidental at the time. But my dad um, always says nothing of consequence happens by coincidence. Oh, and wow. I love that true. because it's so true the lord is in all of those things i don't actually believe in uh coincidences i think i, I think that it is i think it's the lord pushing us together with people that we know we will love it's so true and it it, it kind of goes back to that timeline and looking at the whole picture there's yeah. not an accident that that star i mean elder holland has that quote that that star was put into place millennia ago so that we would see it the night that Christ was born. And that might seem accidental, but we all know that it's not and that God's hand is in the whole picture. And that if we remember that, that the people we interact with every day, it's not going to be an accident. Even if it's someone at the grocery store, I think Emily does this and she taught me to do this. And I love it that she leaves a little bit of time in her day just for nothing, just to see what the Lord wants her to do. And there might be times where I don't, don't have, 20 minutes or 30 minutes to just kind of be like, okay, Lord, what is it? But I always have a time where I'm driving or I'm sitting at the airport or I'm waiting for another call to come on. What might seem accidental is always, always orchestrated by the Lord, even if it's a 30 second text message that pops into my mind. And I love thinking that we're, I love thinking that that's how we work on the Lord's side. I love thinking that we're going to help propel this peace just by the small and little tiny things throughout our day it's again it's not this big grand workup this big preparatory work that we have to really gear up towards but that it will happen in what seems to be accidents that are not accidents yeah almost everything where the lord has worked through my through me mm -hmm. um it's just a fleeting thought it doesn't feel it does not feel con like consequential yeah. at the time yeah. it's like hey think about this oh, or do this or yeah. whatever it's always just so um i'm actually going to share you guys a story about emily oh um so when i was having my nervous breakdown i was going there was a time when i could like go for walks and then there was a time i couldn't leave my house and then i could start walking again and um i was finding pennies everywhere and that may seem silly but i just i i can't remember i found probably five or six pennies a day and they'd be like in my house it, when I'd get in my car, there'd be pennies. And I was just kind of keeping them, but every time I'd find one, it felt like um, my favorite talk uh, from uh, Holland, which is um, the the a high priest of good things to come. It felt like a sign from Heavenly Father that was just like, 
just hold on, good things are coming. Because I love pennies and I love making wishes and I think it's just so fun, right? And so I probably found over 50 pennies in like six months and it was so, so fun. Um, and then if you guys know what happened with Emily and I this last Christmas, she put out her nativities in September. <laughs> Who does that? So I started stealing all his her baby Jesuses. Oh well, God. to get me back, she stole this lamb from my office. And then she, I, I then um, I stole, I, I wait, what, what did I take after that? Oh, I took more then Jesuses. Then she took all your right shoes, remember? No, first she took my San Diego oh. Padres hat and Christian oh. and I were going to a Padres game no. and they were okay. in the playoffs. <laughs> and I was like, I need my um, hat back. And she's like, okay, bring me my Jesuses back. I was like, I'll trade you a Jesus for my hat. So I bought her a six foot tall plush baby Jesus from Amazon. And then she came and got my shoes and then I took her Jeep. Anyway, all these things. So I have, I don't know, we counted 150 pairs of shoes. I love shoes, but she really left me with four shoes. So I only had four shoes for uh, six months. <laughs> and, and, um, she took only the right side of the shoe and the then right left the note, shoe. choose the right, Susan. Oh, oh, that's right. You can't is what she told me. Oh, so yeah. when she returned, she returned my shoes as sad the week before, just right before Friday, before she got called into, she knew she didn't want them out there. She didn't want lingering things, you know, <laughs> but, um, so it took me a couple of days because I had my four shoes now. I was fine. I didn't need all my other shoes. But I got out a pair of shoes and there was a penny in the right shoe. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's so weird. I don't know how that got in there. And then a couple of days later, I got another pair out and there was a penny in the right shoe. And then I started looking in all my right shoes. And in 150 pairs of shoes, Emily had put a penny in every right shoe. And I asked her, I said, did you know that I found pennies during my nervous breakdown. And she said, no, I didn't know that. And I go, well, why did you put pennies in my shoes? She goes, I don't know. I just felt like it would be a fun thing to do. I just wanted you to have good luck. I just wanted you to have miracles. Miracles. Mir <laughs> <laughs> miracles. And um, I, it was such a tender moment for me that she didn't realize would have such a big impact on me. And I don't, I still think she thinks it's like this cute thing, but I can tell you right there that each penny, and I did not take them out. I left them in my shoes. So every time I pull out a pair of shoes that I haven't worn yet, I find a penny in them. And it makes me so happy. Each time I feel like God knows me and God loves me because only he could orchestrate something that perfect. Yes. Oh my gosh. And how, what a gift Emily is to be that in tune to just be like, okay, it doesn't make sense. Like you said, it seems in insignificant at the time, yeah. right? Yeah. But he's orchestrating something grand for someone else. What mm -hmm. might seem like coincidental, oh, let's drop a penny or an accidental thought or something. That is the sweet yes. story. Oh, it was, it was, oh, it still makes me happy. I forgive her now for everything for she's ever done. Well, I'm sure she'll be once the Jeep gets back into her house or her garage. I'm sure she'll do the same for you. Well, and then, then it reminds me of that story where it says um, he's on a trip. And then we'll yes. talk about this and then we'll close. And he asked to see a picture of her family and they talk about the adult daughter. Yeah. And he was struck with the goodness in the face of the girl in the picture. And he felt impressed to ask if he could have her email. Um, Love him. And 
he felt that God had a message for her, which was the Lord loves you. He always has. The Lord wants you to come back and your problems, your promised blessings are still in place, which I love coming from an apostle to anyone who we love that we know is struggling us at times this this promise is for us at times this promise is for our children at times this promise is for anyone we love and i think i think of you tana when you were telling me about your daughter and i was like i know that girl <laughs> i was that girl when i was younger and irene when he was looking at that picture of that girl something in that picture struck him and mm -hmm. i think as we're looking around at people we know or we don't know there are people that strike us that we feel we know them that we feel like um we recognize ourselves in them. And I love that he just felt like he could email her and we can share that blessing through our actions and through the way that we serve other people. It's so true. And he says in that email, the Lord loves you. He always has. Oh, I love that. That's really how it is for us. Like if we're, if as, this, as we all, you know, link together to feel more of this love, we can trust and know that he always has. It's nothing we have to earn. He always has. He has done all of the things that we need. And anyways, what a fun morning to chat with you. Tana, yes. this is so fun. I, and I can't wait to see you in July for our sewing date. <laughs> Susan's going to teach me how to actually sew a zipper. I'm quite, I love sewing, but she's going to be like, Tana, we have to put zippers in pillows. So maybe we can share about that. I think Emily's going to come too. So we can all learn how to sew a zipper into a pillow. It's from the so old... easy and it's no, going to change not. your life. Oh, I don't know. It's so easy. It's, you just need a zipper foot and then your life's way better. I don't even know what that is. No, I'm just <laughs> it's for your sewing machine. Well, Tana, love you guys. Love yes. you, Inklings girls. Mark, Emily, we love you all the way. You're in Israel. Emily, feel better, Rio. Yes, Rio, all of the all of the women. Thank you for all of your comments and your beautiful insights. Yes. It's so uplifting. It's so fun to be part of this community. So have Thank a great you. day. Okay. Bye. You guys. Thanks for joining me. This podcast is taken from our Thursday Inklings discussions, which happen live on Instagram at inklings.institute. If you loved being here, I'd love to invite you to go even deeper with me, get reminders, and enjoy first access to all our events and gatherings by going to emilybellfreeman.com backslash inklings.